I'm Tyler, Godzilla's pet dentering. <laughs> that was one of my options. That's, that's good. I'm Connery, the dumbest dragon head Hanson. <laughs> you have a choice of three, and you chose the dumbest one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is The Franchise, the podcast where friends get together to talk about movie franchises. Big, small, uh, very big, very, very big. <laughs> and Atomic. One could say this is almost Titan in terms of its scope. <laughs> Sometimes Ooh. the franchise is Titanic in scale. <laughs> Former... But we'll never cover the Titanic. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I- I've heard well... buzz about uh, Titanic 2 in the works. Yeah, when they go underwater and resurrect all the ghosts of the Titanic and it becomes a ghost ship. It kind of <laughs> becomes Ar- more of like Pirates of the Caribbean 6. <laughs> and Aragorn has to relinquish them all. <laughs> yeah. I let me work. free you from this living death. <laughs> I mean, Theoden is in that movie, so, I mean, that works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, we're not covering Titanic or I think there is a Titanic 2 with like and it's really bad and it's animated or something but oh, anyways boy. we're not covering that we're covering Godzilla King of the Monsters today following up uh, in case you haven't noticed from our feed or from listening to this podcast we've been covering <laughs> the MonsterVerse the uh, American legendary studios Godzilla movies because you know Godzilla vs. Uh, Kong is coming out very soon Yes, so it's and like, we've had people from all over our friend group talk about whose side they're on in this great battle to come. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is it Godzilla? Is it Kong? Is it Versus? I hope Versus wins. We'll find out next, well, in a couple weeks from now. You'll, yeah. you'll, you'll, you'll hear why if you stay tuned. But we're uh, joined here today with our pal, and I would say not just a kaiju fanatic, but I don't know, like movie monster fanatic in general. <laughs> master of all monsters himself victor guzman oh man <laughs> that is that's a very bold uh very bold title you bestowed upon me uh now nope. you must live up to it <laughs> yeah live up to it master of monsters Jeez, that's like my the title i want <laughs> uh hopefully guillermo del toro does not hear about this because i would assume he's the genuine master of all monsters but oh he's gonna come to your house and beat the shit out of you <laughs> <laughs> he, I, I hear he's a really mean man. <laughs> he's a yeah, cruel, just cruel the, man. the rudest, meanest man alive. You know, he, compared he to finds James anything funny. He hates yeah. movies. Cold and insincere. He'll stab you in the back as soon as look at you. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, you see this? I stabbed you with my Oscar. A very, a very toxic <laughs> environment to work with. I'm sure. Yeah. And we're, we're all kidding, mind you. We're all kidding. We all love Guillermo. He's a, he's a blessing on this earth. His smiles make me smile. Mm-hmm. We practice this thing called humor sometimes on this podcast. <laughs> sometimes it doesn't work. I consider ourselves to be humorists of sorts. <laughs> yes, hire us, New Yorker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that'll be the day. Okay, but who would win, Victor? Uh, Godzilla or the creature from the Black Lagoon? Wow! Right off the bat, you you want conflict. That's what you decide to walk into, man. Yeah, choose between your two loves right now, Tyler. How could you do that to me? Just you know, just you you really good. You really just gonna like make me have to like choose between that? Ugh. Yeah, they're both green. Well, not always. They both live in water. Look, I'm just gonna go with the logistical route on this one. Uh, Godzilla has about like 20 stories of height on him versus the creature from the Black Lagoon, so. Godzilla will probably not only destroy the creature, but also the Black Lagoon. So there's that. 
Well, but what if he's so small, he's able to get inside Godzilla and kill him inside uh, out? That is something that we have yet to see yeah. the creature do, so I would be very interested to see if uh, maybe that could be the way that he wins that fight. Yes. Perfect. All right, but you, you think Godzilla would, would just demolish him. You're probably right. <laughs> Realistically speaking, I mean, just... You know. Yes. <laughs> it's kind of like Ant-Man versus the Hulk or something. I don't know. Yeah. I've, I've heard a lot of arguments for Ant-Man winning that fight, um, and I can see why. Wasn't there a lot of things of him like coming out his butt or something like that? That was, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> Look, that I'm Thanos, sure yeah. if Edgar Wright or Taika Waititi were the ones that directed Endgame, that would have legit been a more plausible, like, <laughs> way to really beat Thanos. Yeah, like, Ant-Man just jumps down his throat and then, like, expands and blows him up. <laughs> well, I thought he, like, jumped through his butthole and blew up or something. Oh, that too. E- either works. Either orifice, like... The expansion... Either... And then just, you know, we see Thanos just explode because suddenly, you know, Paul Rudd is there. And despite how atrocious an act that would be, we can't help but, you know, just smile because it's it's Paul Rudd, you know? Do you think that would be considered a war crime to, like, superheroes? And that's why no one really does that? <laughs> I mean, if it's Thanos, I don't know. He's already committing war crimes. Like it, It's it's because of, like, what's the thing? The, the Avengers can... Oh, my God. The Geneva Convention. The Avengers Convention. <laughs> The uh, Sokovian Accords. Oh, fuck. I forgot about those stupid things. <laughs> Another big, you know, plot device just wrote in there that none of them adhere to realistically if you just follow them through. So. I feel like that gets pretty laid by the wayside by the end of Captain America 3. Right? Uh, Yeah, I started watching Civil War again the other day for like 10 minutes and i was like oh, i forgot this movie's a lot like there's just like a lot of plot in this one uh but yeah that's the one with the sokovian accords and everything and i always forget that mm-hmm. it's actually a captain america 3 I just, yeah. in my head it's avengers 2.5 even though that's yeah, not what much. it's called it's the <laughs> lion king one and a half of the avengers movies i think yeah. mm-hmm. it's the we're not friends anymore of the avengers movies we're not friends anymore <laughs> <laughs> We were just talking about WandaVision off air before you came on, Victor. And oh wait, are you how far have you been watching it? Uh, yes, I I haven't watched the newest episode. I just got up to episode five. Us too. Yeah. And by the time this episode comes out, I think the season will be over. Most likely, <laughs> yeah. But uh, way over. <laughs> but we were just talking, or we were just talking about that in general. And I just remembered that there's a line talking about how powerful. Uh, well, Wanda Maximoff is because they're like, oh, she doesn't have any kind of moniker. She's not the Scarlet Witch. Like, they don't. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's like, oh, she's like the only superpowered character who could just like just beat up Thanos on her own besides Captain Marvel. I'm like, oh, really? Like, that just kind of like makes everyone look really bad <laughs> when yeah. you go back and watch it, Endgame, I guess. I don't know. It, it makes me smile still. Her line is my favorite thing in all of probably just the entire marvel cinematic universe of her going you took everything from me and then it's going i don't even know who you are <laughs> i cackled so hard like he doesn't he literally has no idea who this person is for me it was tuesday <laughs> yeah, for me it was tuesday and i don't think it's even like i know you and for me it's an everyday thing he's like i literally don't know who you are because <laughs> he never fucking met the girl i forgot i had oh what were you saying victor oh no i was just thinking about batman beyond actually like you know like you took everything from me and Blight's like, do you have any idea how little that narrows it down? Just... <laughs> right, do you have any idea how little that narrows it down? 
did step in line. I've, I've, I've really corrupted a lot of families here. I've destroyed a lot of, I've destroyed home world. So you really got to be specific with who it is I'm talking to. <laughs> Give me the who, what, when, where, and why. <laughs> Must have been a Tuesday. I was going to try to find some other transition besides like, we're not, but we're not talking about that big purple man. We're talking about a different purple man. But I'm like, oh wait, there's no purple. There's no purple no, people Godzilla. in this. It's very not purple. <laughs> uh, literally nobody. Uh, <laughs> Let's talk about... Well, speaking of alien overlords, we're talking about Godzilla <laughs> King of Monsters. There you go. Yes, we, we're we covering that movie. But before we get to that, <gasps> we must do our normal segment of What's New? <laughs> and uh, this is our segment, segment Vector, where we just talk about anything that we... Basically, that we've been consuming media-wise. And, you know, a little life update, if you'd like. Ooh. Mm. How about you go first, Connery? Oh, me go first. Okay. Uh, oh man, see, today was very busy for me, and we've honestly been recording these back-to-back. I feel like I don't have much to be like, I did this, or I've been watching this, other than WandaVision, which we just talked about. You didn't watch, uh, the entirety of Third Rock from the Sun since yesterday? <laughs> I did not watch the entirety of Third Rock from the Sun since yesterday, no, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, man, remember when I watched that entire series, and, like, <laughs> yeah. you, you asked me, is it good? And I was like, no, it's bad, but, like, I watched I was gone for, thing. like, the weekend when we were living together in college. I was like, I'm like, oh, what you been up to? He's like, oh, I watched the entirety of Third Rock from the Sun. I'm like, oh, how is it? He's like, not good. <laughs> it's only, like, ten seasons or something. Yeah. Oh, I think it's less than ten, but, like, it, it's a, it's still a lot, and that, and that I, I probably just did nothing that weekend, honestly. That was bad. It's definitely syndicated. That's okay. There was, it's just, it was back in school. Mm-hmm. I had no idea there were that many seasons of Third Rock from the Sun. Damn. Oh, dude, yeah. Uh, that was in- There's six. That was there for a while. There's six. Thank you. That was a ten's a lot. Ten would rival Frasier. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I feel like today was mostly just a uh, workout and uh, go to the market. It was more of like a chore day than an actual media consumption day for me, unfortunately. Played a little bit more of Days Gone, but not not enough to make any real progress. Yeah, and Days Gone is not like... So I, <laughs> I forget what it was. It was like a motorcycle game, but it's like the apocalypse. Yeah, yeah you play a motorcycle dude who who is like riding his motorcycle around the zombie apocalypse. And that's so far all I really know. There's yet to be an overarching plot that makes me really invested in what's going on. (laughs) But that already sounds like awesome. Like I would love to just be like a motorcycle riding dude in the apocalypse. Like, yeah, that's. Yeah. Victor, the game's definitely up your alley because it's he, the the dude I feel like talks a little too much and he has a really weird voice. Like when he goes (laughs) like, like he calls them freakers, the zombies. And he goes like, he was like, oh, man, oh, shit, what have you guys been doing here? Did you all shit yourselves at the same time? <laughs> and that's a, that's an actual line. I'm, I I'm like not, that. I'm not making that up. <laughs> so just a lot. He's just a lot sometimes. It's like Duke Nukem-ish almost. <laughs> yes, it's very in the vein of Duke Nukem, except it desperately wants to be taken seriously, but it is very silly. I dig it. I, mean, I love it. He looks like a more like trimmed down Gears of War character. Yes, he very much is. He's a leaner Gears of War dude. But yeah, uh, that's pretty much what I've been doing. Just uh, shooting at the freakers and being like, I really, really hate that they like dodge their heads out of the way when I try to get a headshot. And I'm like, you guys are little shitheads. But other than that, yeah, just been that's been my life kind of right now. Uh, Tyler, how about you? What did you do today? What did you do today? <laughs> what I do do? Do do. Who do? Voodoo. <laughs> what is that from again? That voodoo that you do. Scooby-Doo. <laughs> 
Oh yeah, Buff Scrappy. Let's continue <laughs> yeah. that conversation. Yeah. Um, well, I just read uh, the first uh, omnibus volume of Immortal Hulk, which Connery got me for Christmas. Nice. Yay. And that was really good, and I already ordered the second volume, but it's basically uh, like a more horror, like body horror take, especially on The Incredible Hulk, and how just monstrous he is. You could probably elaborate better than me, Connery, but it's just oh. more horror and like gory and stuff like that, and like more serious, yeah. but it's still, it fleshes it out with like a bunch of supporting characters that I think are really interesting too. Oh yeah, it has a great supporting cast, and the writer Al Ewing is fantastic. I love his stuff now. I like everything he writes now. I pick up. Yeah, it's great, and then it get, it gets more like existential terror as well as things like progress in that book. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It just gets like more and more existential, and I think it's a kind of a great place to start with Hulk comics, just because I haven't read that many. Same. Um, and it kind of introduces you to a lot of his. Like, yeah, supporting cast, like I said, with new characters, too. But there's, like, Sasquatch. Oh, cool. <laughs> and, um, Red Hulk. Doc Samson. Yeah, Doc Samson. And, well, maybe that's a... I don't know. Whatever. No. <laughs> Puck. Just, yeah, Puck. Whoever that is. <laughs> but, uh, and, I mean, whatever. We already said some of the people that are in it. But, like, this, this is slightly more spoilery or whatever. But, like, it focuses on his... At, at, to a certain extent, it focuses on his relationship with his dad, and I always find that really interesting about the Hulk, even though mm-hmm. I haven't read that much Hulk comics, that many Hulk comics. Like I've said, I always, I do have a really soft spot for Ang Lee's Hulk, mm-hmm. um, even though that movie is <laughs> really weird, and like it's like, oh, it's a comic book, let's show comic book panels all the time. I kind of like that, but <laughs> just the uh, themes of that movie and how much, it's just, the whole movie's like daddy issues kind of thing, you know? Yeah, um, this this comic is very daddy issues. <laughs> So I find that whole thing very interesting and like how Hulk's dad wanted to be like super strong too and stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's he all. wanted to be strong and smart and he's angry that Bruce Banner, like that, that, that his wife loves their son. But yeah, it's kind of like uh, hereditary in some ways. Mm. That's yeah, awesome. It, it does. Yeah, it definitely gets very supernatural too. It, it's mm-hmm. a trippy, awesome book. I recommend everybody read it. No, it's weird. you like, you know, you would expect, given kind of like my background and my interest in like monsters and stuff like that, like Hulk would be my shit. But I, of the Marvel comics that I did read growing up, Hulk was actually one that I did not read, uh, read a whole lot of. So I'm definitely interested in this and I'm going to check it out. You should, dude. Like, honestly, it, it's not that like the end of all, because this one has been like the first, I think Mark Wade did a good Hulk run too, but this one has just been like seminal like so it's just been everyone's been going crazy for it like i said this is the first hulk comic i've read i i think uh but yeah i read more spider-man comics i think around like the ultimate spider-man era mm, nice but even then it was like more so just dc and uh like image comics because our pal Cameron Takeda, who's been on here was just always get, he used to work at a comic book store so he just give me all the comics that he was like <laughs> would get so and uh I don't know. I, I think at the time I was like, oh, like DC's like more serious and I feel like a little more philosophical about stuff. But I think that's definitely like very biased, I think, at this point. So I'm, I'm more like curious to go back and read more Marvel comics for sure. Yeah, there's an empty, interesting shift happening. Check out Venom too, Tyler. Donny Cates is doing wonders for that as well. Venom, Venom, gotta get that. Venom, hey, Venom, two, Venom. Venom 2 comes out this year, I think. Ooh, Victor, what's been going on with you? Uh, you know, just... Getting by, uh, working remotely now, so kind of just, you know, trying to find ways to 
stay focused on work while I'm working remotely. So there's that. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of media, let's see. Well, WandaVision, uh, we already discussed. Do you like it? <laughs> I like it. Um, here's the thing. Like, I, I think the coolest thing about the series is that like it works in the scale that it's supposed to be intended for, like as a TV series. And I actually like just the first couple of episodes, how unsettling it gets very unexpectedly and how much it stays in that feeling of being unsettled. It's very Twin Peaks, I think, in, in that regard. Yeah, it's got some Lynch vibes. Yeah, and which I think is really cool because I also kind of like with the new stuff coming out for this next latest phase in the MCU, I'm kind of very excited to see just it's taking on a very more horror, uh, supernatural kind of route uh, with uh, Shang-Chi and then also uh, Doctor Strange, Blade. So excited to see where that goes. Is Blade get Blade's getting his own movie, right? Mahershala Ali is, is going to be Br- yeah. Blade? Good. I hope Wesley Snipes is the villain or something. You don't think Jared Leto's Morbius Living Vampire is going to be his nemesis in that movie? Uh, well, <laughs> that's still Sony, so I feel... Oh, yeah, good point. But... I mean, there could be a crossover and, yeah. you know, Marshala Ali, you know, rids us of the uh, horror that is, you know, Jared Leto. I mean, Morbius the Living Vampire. <laughs> 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 that could happen yeah i could i can make several references to like any movie <laughs> with jared leto in it i guess you just want him to like erase him from the timeline of movies. <laughs> i i think it'll be a fun morbius he will yeah he'll, he'll do be a good fun job. he said quote jared leto it's the movie we need right now oh interesting <laughs> so okay. i'll hold them to it wandavision i think by the time this episode comes out will be the first season will be over i don't know if they're doing another season but yeah i i like a lot too and i like you said i like the lynchian well i guess people saying lynchian is like very like overdone but i'm trying to i don't know people complain about that but i also try to find a better way to explain like what that is i guess just surrealist yes surrealism yeah especially with like tv and stuff like that like lynch really kind of set like a tone and a vibe that i feel like a lot of tv other tv shows kind of try to kind of like springboard off of like kishi kind of like neighborhood suburbia kind of setting and then all like the scary shit that happens underneath like that is all lynch so it's like like blue velvet yeah but yeah okay so i'm just being hyper i'm being hyper aware about like film twitter basically so yeah i would say one division slightly um lynchian and that yeah it's suburban chaos it's kind of like pleasantville also yeah. in a way yeah yeah so i like that a lot and then when they go to like the present day marvel stuff like i like the actors uh randall park and everything but it goes back to the normal world and then they have to explain everything and i'm like no this is the stuff that i don't want or like like <laughs> let me just like live here and like try to think about what this means uh yeah, and just have get my own detective. impressions instead of them like literalizing everything but it yeah, also Tyler just wants like, a weird fun time stop making it boring mm-hmm. yeah so it's like i get it for like a general audience but also like just trust your audience i don't know they're trying to do both things i guess but overall i really like it a lot and i love all the sitcom tropes and all the different theme songs it's really great <laughs> yeah i like the 80s one the best that one's my favorite with like the painting <laughs> yeah oh yeah yeah with the baby vision <laughs> Yeah, baby vision. <laughs> like, this is great. <laughs> I, I just airdropped that t- t- to Lily from the other room the other day. <laughs> the picture of it. She's like, stop. <laughs> Anything else you've been watching or reading, Victor? Um, Let's see. Uh, towards the end of 2020, uh, for whatever reason, I decided to watch The O.C. for the first time. Oh. What you say? <laughs> I finally got where that came from. Years and years of trying to figure out, like, 
why do people keep singing this song? What does it mean? And there it comes. <laughs> I haven't finished it. I got to like the start of season three and then I needed to take a break because it is a personification of the freeway scene from Final Destination 2. It is just terrifying. <laughs> oh, wow. And yet you just can't look away from it. So like just... I never thought I would close the year of 2020 with the phrase, what the fuck, Marissa, repeatedly said to myself consistently, because that's all I could think about for like a couple of episodes, because just, ugh. So are, are the kids killing each other, or is it more like a Gossip Girl situation? Gossip Girl is another thing that I probably will get to after the OC, so I understand exactly what it is you're trying to ask me for. <laughs> so I, I don't do TV for the most part, but I started and I feel like I'm going down a rabbit hole here. So we're going to see what happens. Of especially teen elite dramas. Yes, <laughs> it is the stuff that I detested growing up. And for whatever reason, I decided to get into it now. And uh, I don't know if that's going to make me a better or worse person for it. So we'll see. I think it'll make you better. You'll be forged out of the tears of teen angst. It's <laughs> I've been wanting to watch it, too. Is it anywhere that's like accessible? No, like, here's the thing. It's like, for as much as like, there's a lot to just like roll your eyes about and a lot to just like groan about. But the weird thing about it is you start and you can't really quite stop. You find yourself (laughs) continuing to just, I don't watch reality TV. So but I'm starting to understand the fascination of just watching like just like people just spiral and go through like just like these terrible just personally built tragedies that they've kind of set up for themselves like i'm starting to understand why the where the fascination comes from so yeah that's how i get with a 90 day fiance same (laughs) i watch that show i sit down and then i don't stand back up (laughs) people have been telling me to start that and watch that and they know that the moment i do i won't be able to leave so yeah Oh, the OC's on HBO Max? Oh. It's on HBO Max. Like, yeah, I'm going to add that to my uh, to my list. There's Wait. so much good stuff on HBO Max right now. Um, I appreciate it. I'm glad that all of the Showa-era Godzilla films are on HBO Max. So if you like these Godzilla movies, wait till you watch the old ones. Yeah, because I think I recommended some that were on Criterion Channel, but I think a lot of those are on HBO Max, too. Yeah. So those are more accessible because... Obviously, not everybody has Criterion Channel. Slightly more obscure. <laughs> yeah, I, I was contemplating getting that, and then I realized that HBO Max was actually pulling a lot of films from the Criterion Channel into their like uh, uh, thing, yeah. little by little. So, oh, yeah, because they're like they're like in conjunction with TCM or something too. Yeah, I gotta check out the OC. Uh, <laughs> Victor, you have to check out Ninety Day Fiance, I guess. And Gossip Girl. And Gossip oh, Girl. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> I know 90 Day, at least the first like six seasons are on, on Hulu. I don't know where Gossip Girl is. Did you know there's a manga about Gossip Girl too? <laughs> wow, that's cool. Wow. I like that. Oh my god. <laughs> I'll do a coin toss and try to figure out which one to uh, suffer through first. So I found it on Comixology. I, I've read like the preview of it, but I was like, oh my god, wow, this is a lot. <laughs> Tyler, what was the other one? You, you told me to get MW, and then there's that other one that also came in the mail that I got. It was... Ode to Kirahito? Yes, Ode. And that came, and I got it used because that's the only way it came. Oh. And it, it was a library edition. It's pretty dingy, but I'm like, oh. eh, it's fine. <laughs> I'm working my way through MW right now. I want to finish that and Ode before we do our episode with Cameron. Oh, yeah. When we talk about manga, uh, Tenet, uh, Godzilla. <laughs> Godzilla uh, versus Kong. What else? Uh, Pluto, because I finished Pluto. Yeah. Stay tuned for two four-hour episodes in a row, people. <laughs> 
Oh my god, that's gonna be so intense. Anyway, speaking of intense, the movie that won't let up with its monster fights, let's finally dig into Godzilla, King of Monsters. Let's dig into this hollow earth. (laughs) (laughs) I like that this movie starts off with a la Batman versus Superman. We see the devastation from the ground after Godzilla's attack in 2014. Andrew! <laughs> the thing with Godzilla 2014, it's a great movie, but one of the biggest gripes that I had about it was for a movie that heavily, you know, advertises Godzilla for a film that's called Godzilla, Godzilla really doesn't make too much of an appearance in that movie for a large majority of it. I don't know. I thought that was very odd. I felt a little kind of awkward yeah. about that when I was watching it the first time uh, in the theaters. I think that's definitely valid, and like, I feel like a lot of people felt that way too. I always like the re- like the slow reveal of him. Just unfortunately, like the first half, I think is kind of boring because of the human characters. <laughs> but it, that just reminds me that like I remember even the trailers for that movie. Like I don't remember seeing Godzilla in the trailer. <laughs> no, maybe like a silhouette at one point or something. <laughs> yeah, like maybe yeah. like a profile of him like towards the end, and that was kind of it. Yeah, like when they're like doing the sky jump thing, and they have the flares, and then you see Godzilla's like back and his spines as like the flares are going down. Yeah, I forgot to say on that episode, because I just remembered right after, that uh, when I went to go see that movie in theaters, yeah, because I don't think you really get a good look at Godzilla or anything in the the trailer. And then there was a, I can't remember if it was, I think it was a VW commercial right before the movie, like after the trailers, (laughs) right before the movie that was like tied into Godzilla. And it just shows Godzilla like stomping around the city, like in the new design (laughs) of Godzilla. And uh, like the VW escapes and it's like, oh, like we built them strong or something. But they just like (laughs) showed Godzilla to me before seeing the movie that reveals what Godzilla looks like. And I was very (laughs) upset. That's also similar to Batman versus Superman with Ben Affleck taking that one car with like a Nissan or something stupid looking and he just drives it around. Mini Cooper. A Mini Cooper. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I guess. Yeah. What's your rundown, Victor? Do you, you like 2014 Godzilla? Well, I like it. It's not my favorite of the two Godzilla movies so far. Um, <laughs> and with Godzilla, it, it, it's one of those things where it's like, um, because it's such a broad franchise, like even outside of like the MonsterVerse, just like just decades of like films from the Showa and Hisei eras and the Millennium era, this most recent incarnation that uh, Toho came out with back in 2016, like there are different types of like when you talk about Godzilla, like you have to specify what kind of Godzilla it is that you're talking about or like what constitutes like a, a good Godzilla movie, at least to me, like um, because... The OG Godzilla film was a genuine horror film, very poignant, a very strong personal political statement about something justifiably tragic uh, to like uh, the nation's history. And that was followed for the next decade for a bunch of kid-friendly pictures where Godzilla becomes a superhero. So uh, the tonal <laughs> shift the same is guy. Yeah, from the same guy. So... The tonal shift between different Godzilla movies, like, you know, like, um, it's very big. And I think that's part of the reason why when you ask like people like um, their opinions on like which Godzilla movie they like or which one's like some of their favorites, like, you know, you kind of get a gauge of what it is. So for me, I grew up with like kind of like the fun, awesome, cool Godzilla that, you know, teams up with like his monster buddies and fights other giant monsters. Like I could care less what the human beings were up to. Uh, because I couldn't keep up with that as a kid. I just, all I cared about were the fights. And it is with that perspective why I love King of the Monsters so much. 
acknowledging the fact that there are so many big major problems with the movie. And <laughs> if you're looking for plot or story, which unfortunately a lot of people did, it's just a hot mess. So yeah. <laughs> it's all the human characters are insufferable. Yeah. And, and there's so many of them. Oh my God. Yeah. It's like Kong Skull Island too. There's just way too many characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the biggest issue, I think, with the MonsterVerse. It's like you have like just like a bunch of people there that really don't need to be there carrying out this plot that you really couldn't care about because, again, you're there for the giant monsters, so... Mm -hmm. I was going to say, I feel like it'd be different if they're, like, disposable or if they're, like, dying left (laughs) and right or something. Then I'm like, that's why there are so many characters. Yeah. But they all stay alive, (laughs) all of them. I don't know what the thing was with Bryan Cranston in the first movie. Like, I'm sure it was just, like, a scheduling thing. I don't know. That's what I remember people talking about at the time, too. It's like, oh, like, they should have had Bryan Cranston be the human character in that instead of... They really should have, yeah. And you could mm-hmm. replace the whole family in this movie with Brian Cranston, you know? And, like, it's yeah, like, oh, or reveal maybe that he has, like, a younger kid that they didn't talk about in the first one or something. I don't know. Like, you could just mm-hmm. replace Kyle Chandler's character and, like, maybe radioactive Juliet Binoche comes back or something, <laughs> you know? And she's the, she's the antagonist. Like, the antagonist in this That's movie. That's good. Yeah, no, like... I like radioactive person is, like, the antagonist. That's cool. <laughs> Yeah, because, I, I, I mean, like, look, I love Sally Hawkins, but I have no idea what she's doing there in that movie. Um, yeah, I couldn't remember if she died or not in this one. She just kind of like... Yeah, she gets eaten by Ghidorah. Very early yes. on, you don't even remember yeah. because everything else that happens afterward. <laughs> it's the same thing, like, when you run down with other characters, like Bradley Whitford. Like, I feel like he's only there to deliver, oh, like, the funniest lines in the movie or to have Zang he like yell at him like go shut up rick there are funny lines in this movie <laughs> uh, funny quotations uh <laughs> not nearly as humorous as us obviously but just yeah oh no we're we're, we're new york times humorous <laughs> new yorker but still <laughs> <laughs> a very different tier of, of, of humorous there funny. yes <laughs> All right. uh I was going to say, oh, yeah, Bradley Whitford, like, the character that just, like, pulls me out of the movie every single line he says, where he's just like, yeah, we're watching a Godzilla movie, and then, like, winks at the camera. Or what about if someone goes, my God, and he goes, Zilla, and then I want someone to just take out a handgun and just end him. I got really upset, like, that the, the other girl gives him a hug, and he gives his notes to that stupid idiot animal dad. I'm like, Sarazawa should be the one who knows all the information that dad does. He shouldn't even be in the movie. It should be Sarazawa doing all that shit. He studied Godzilla for years. It's like, Honestly, uh, like, the entire time, it's like Kyle Chandler just, like, people just let him yell at this freaking colonel, the scientist, like, what the hell? Yeah, I'd be like, who the hell is this nerd? Like, he studies wolves, I guess. Like, get him out of my office. Why is he Who's here? Vera Farmiga's caused, like, the destruction of the entire world, too. Like, It's just like the entire world is falling apart, and we're stuck with, like, this, like, just ridiculous family drama, like... Oh my god, Mexico's falling apart. Oh my god, my son, can you not? Jesus. I like when they're talking about like the fate of the world and they say, and then what do we do? And then we get my daughter back. I'd be like, oh my god, that doesn't matter at all. <laughs> Never mind the disregard for life. Okay. Yeah, right. I kept forgetting O'Shea Jackson Jr.'s in this too, because he's just like a soldier that has nothing to do. Doesn't he say the line, if you if you guys are my parents, I'd run away from home too. Yeah. And then they go home. <laughs> <laughs> I just it's just weird oh. that I feel like they didn't really learn anything from 
Godzilla or Kong Skull Island in terms of writing, no. like the character stuff or the human characters, especially since this movie is so much about like big monsters. Uh, just reading about like the structure and everything. And they're saying how like the third, like the director, Michael Doherty was talking about like the third act was like the toughest to uh, execute in a way because mm-hmm. it's like the culmination of the human characters and the the kaiju or titans. The titans. Uh, Why do they just call them kaiju? Which I don't really like them calling them titans. I don't uh, either. I really don't get why they can't just call them kaiju, but that's just me. If they called them kaiju too, they could, uh, that's an even closer tie into Pacific Rim because I think they just straight up call them kaiju, don't they? They do. They call them kaiju in Pacific Rim. Yeah. So it's like, I see how that's difficult to tie all this stuff in together. And if you can pull that off and have an emotionally powerful story amongst humans and big monster fights at the same time, then that's like incredibly impressive. But mm-hmm. it has not happened so far. So please stop <laughs> trying, you know? Yeah, no more. But I think that also kind of goes back to, again, like um, just kind of like the older Godzilla movies. And again, this is the reason why Godzilla uh, King of Monsters kind of like takes it for me. It's because admittedly, when you go back to watch those movies... The human plot, if it ever makes sense or is coherent enough to follow, is all over the place. Even like Godzilla versus Gigan or Godzilla versus Mega Godzilla, they're both about like an invading alien species, and these people are kind of like conspire to like discover them, and they're exploiting these giant monsters for whatever so and so plot. As a kid, you don't care about those. You care about the giant monster fights, and for all of the problems and issues that King of the Monsters has, especially in regards to, like the human characters. It's the giant monster fights that I keep coming back to and the things that keep drawing me in because I, I, I'm i biased uh, unabashedly just about like, you know, just my love for like just giant monsters beating the shit out of each other in like giant cities. So <laughs> you get a lot of that in King of the Monsters and it delivers. So that's it makes up for a lot of glaring issues that I'm sure you guys would love to continue. Keep talking about. <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I feel like everyone's like who has seen this movie is like well aware yeah of this so it's like we're not like revealing anything but uh that's that's why i wanted to uh see this movie in the first place is being monster fights and that reminds me is that uh where we all saw this because i actually went there too but you you guys Mm -hmm. saw this together at the cinerama dome right that's correct how was that experience seeing it in the giant ass screen Oh, it was awesome. And seeing Godzilla's big head erupt out of the Cynodome with like the spotlight shooting out of him, it's awesome. Oh, yeah, because they built the whole head outside. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It was a spectacle and a half. It was really cool because uh, earlier that day um, at the Egyptian theater, there was this uh, event called Godzilla-thon where they're actually uh, marathoning like a bunch of the older Godzilla movies. So it was just a very nice, you know, happenstance that, you know, that day I decided to watch all those movies and then, you know, just kind of hang around Hollywood for a little while. And then, hey, Connery, what's up? Let's go see Godzilla King of the Monsters as it was intended to in a gigantic, gaudy, yeah. megaplex screen. <laughs> yeah, I was like, hell yes, let's do it to it. It's probably like, I think the biggest screen in town. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> It's the biggest screen in town. <laughs> for the biggest star ever to grace Hollywood. Yeah, Godzilla. <laughs> Gojira. What do you guys think of the the ultimate MacGuffinous movie, The Orca? Do you think it's cool or do you think it's lame? I'm very confused by the mechanics of it because it's like, do you, does it need to be plugged into some audio source for these like monsters to use it or not? Because I keep using it interchangeably. Like you can just play it outside like a laptop or it has to be hooked into the PA system for, you know, Fenway <laughs> State. Like, I, I don't think... I don't think it actually has to be. I think it just can be. Like, it can be, it can be amplified or not. 
I I don't know. Like just the sheer mechanics of it, just like I'm still not entirely sure like what it is or like how it operates because they it keeps kind of jumping around in terms of like where it can use or the scope of it and like how it can be used. Mm. Yeah, I guess so because like sometimes monsters can hear it from like across the world when they're just like booping it from the laptop, and then other times when she's she has to blare it from Fenway Park for like Ghidorah to actually come down to her. And I mean, granted, again. I'm complaining about the science in a movie about giant monsters being the shit out of each other, but still, you know, just, you know, make it tangible in some way. I don't know. I like the idea of it's like a whale thing. Like, it's meant to, like, it, the whole point of it was to be, like, make whales not beach themselves on the shore. I just, like, I'm probably being too serious about it still, but it's like, I I think you, sh- you should own, like, the movie that you're making and be like, yeah, these are some big monster fights and everything, but... The voice of Bradley Whitford's character is definitely a voice of, like, the creators of this movie, but it goes mm-hmm. against what they're also saying at the same time. So it's like, what do you what do you want? Do you want this to be, like... Like, it's fine if it's a big beat-em-up, but it's like, same time, it's like you're not taking anything seriously. It's like, can you believe it? But, I don't know. This makes me think of, uh, I'm, I'm working with uh, Joe to make this new, like, Dungeons & Dragons podcast, and we're doing a thing where we're being, like, trying to do, like, a tandem Dungeon Master thing, where... I'm doing the story. I'm doing story stuff, and he's doing like combat stuff. So, I, I remember this meeting we had where I'm I'm usually all about just like setting up scale and making things like big and dramatic and crazy. And Joe at one point was like, "Okay, but how does this work? And what's the mechanics of this character? And like, how exactly can we make it plausible in this world?" And it's like actually having to sit down and be like, "Okay, and now we actually know the full mechanics, and it makes sense in like the place and time." So I feel like that's very important, especially in a movie like this to understand your plot devices i guess <laughs> and limit the amount of plot devices you decide to roll with because they just yeah. stock load this with a bunch of easter eggs that are very oddly placed like i can tell you made this to kind of like appease or to kind of like you know really give a shout out or not to like a bunch of fans but it's like like okay one of the biggest issues i had with the movie was the use of the oxygen oxygen destroyer in it yeah i was thinking oh. of that right now yeah yeah is that like a canon godzilla weapon it is mm-hmm. Like, it was introduced in the very first film as kind of, you know, this representation of, you know, like, just like, you know, how much more terrifying it would be to create a weapon worse than, like, the hydrogen bomb. And, you know, like, is using such a terrible weapon, you know, worth the cost of, like, that, like, just to combat, like, this other evil? Like, which one are you picking? Like, mm. it was a very poignant statement. And then in King of the Monsters, it's like, oh, by the way, we have this oxygen destroyer that we're going to use and we're going to launch it against this. And it's like... I guess that's how we figured out Ghidorah was an alien. But outside of that, it's like, ugh, it's, it's just, it's very awkward in terms of like just the places you could have potentially used it for, I don't know, more of a greater statement or just yeah. use. Like it would have worked just, better, I think, in 2014 uh, in that Godzilla. Like, because I think towards the end, like what there's like um this whole arc about like uh trying to deploy like this uh, weapon inside uh, San Francisco to take out Godzilla, like, that would have been a great place to incorporate something like an oxygen destroyer in there, you know, like just make a stronger statement with that. But we get it here and it's just it's very it feels very misplaced and very ill, ill understood, I guess, if that's a way to describe it. Ill conceived. Ill conceived. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, it's definitely just like <laughs> yeah. thrown in there and it's like a very really like tragic, like third act of Godzilla with mm. like spoilers for the 1954 original Uh <laughs> Dr. Sarazawa goes underwater to deploy the oxygen destroyer. And, like, I think he also dies, too, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, and it's so it's like he's sacrificing himself, and but also like he feels bad that he's killing Godzilla at the same time, as far as I remember. Yeah. Yeah, and it's about a weapon more powerful than a nuclear device. It's like we shouldn't be making these things because the whole yeah. themes of the original Godzilla's nuclear power and how it destroyed Japan and everything. And it's like how humans shouldn't uh, use like such powerful things. Like it's beyond human mm-hmm. control. And then they just use it to like <laughs> David Strathairn shows up and like on screen for ten seconds is like. We uh, created this thing called oxygen. We're going to deploy it. You better get the hell out of there. <laughs> and then yeah, they we're use gonna it. eliminate this entire small town. Uh, have fun, everyone. <laughs> He's like, you better leave. I'm giving you two second notice. <laughs> giving you two second notice. Does Ghidorah not breathe? Does that why? Is that why it didn't hurt him? Does he just not breathe? I guess he's built out of some kind of different organic just, like, space material, and that's why he didn't get killed from it. I don't know. Mm, I thought it would just like regenerate or something like that. I was like, maybe he just regenerates really fast. It didn't kill Godzilla either. So if it was an oxygen destroyer, it wasn't yeah. a very effective one, I guess. But <laughs> the point still stands, I think. Just, you know, like, why? Especially for creatures that would, should like suck up a tremendous amount of oxygen. <laughs> Killed a lot of fish. That's a lot of fish. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, a lot, lot of fish. fish. <laughs> That's a lot of fish. <laughs> um, I like that. Like, I feel like Ken Watanabe's character had like a fitting sacrifice of a, yeah. of a demise like he wasn't just smushed or something mm-hmm. which i think would happen in like kong skull island he would just get stepped on or something like that i don't know yeah, i got i got teary-eyed during his sacrifice scene i thought it was very very good he's also in a cool-ass lava place so that's always mm-hmm. that's always sick <laughs> yeah it's like lava radiation palace of godzilla like what a what cooler place can he possibly die in i i mean if you have to give like a decent-ish script to someone who will sell the shit out of it and really make you feel something for a couple of seconds. Ken Watanabe is like a very good person to go with because I feel like the one person I could not get mad at or really kind of like just be confused with for too terribly long was Ken Watanabe. (laughs) Uh, But everyone else just, I, I don't know, just... I like I like the other girl who's who's like who's like Ken's assistant throughout this throughout this entire movie. Uh, who's like one of the twin the Mothra twins? But oh that's yeah, not like the really twins. explained yeah. very much. Oh okay, I didn't know if she had a twin thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean it doesn't really make sense in this movie or is very well explained, but that's like another Easter other... egg kind of thing. Yeah, for is fans of the original, soul? you know, like like oh my god, it's the the twins, the the fairies from the uh, OG Mothra movie. <laughs> is her twin soul maybe locked inside of Mothra? It's um in in the uh, old Mothra movie, there are like these two fairies uh, that kind of like act as kind of like I, I guess people like the voice of communication between mankind and kind of like uh, Mothra. So they state like Mothra's intentions and stuff like that. And uh, I guess they want to incorporate that cool little Easter egg where it's like, oh yeah, Zhang Zihi is actually a twin sister to another scientist that uh, studies Mothra, and you know. Hmm. One of the yeah, better Easter like, eggs, I guess, but uh, again, still, it's sort of like, it's like, it happens within a blink of an eye, so if you miss it, like, it's just, it's lost on you, so. Yeah, because it, sh- it goes to that shot to where Mothra's coming out of, like, the larva or whatever, and it's like, the- when I saw this the first time, I'm like, how did she get over there? I'm like, oh, are they doing the twin thing? Like, that's the only way I understood it, but, like, if you haven't <laughs> seen those movies, like, you're just, like, maybe just thinking, oh, how did she get over there? Like, what's happening? Is this a shot that shouldn't be in the movie? Like, I'm so confused. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't explain she has a twin. And I think that's one of the other issues with the movie, too, because there are a lot of parts in the film where it's sort of like this was a film that could have easily been construed to just really be a love letter to like uh, fans of like the OG Godzilla series or long-standing fans of the franchise. And yet some parts of it are kind of just like so oddly placed here and there. And then it tries so hard to also kind of like, you know, be this very easily accessible film. And it just it doesn't find a 
good and a strong balance between the two. And it, honestly, it's like where there are Easter eggs and where there are points, it's like it's funny that a lot of Godzilla fans actually are very divided in a lot of their responses. Like there are a lot of fans that love it and there are a lot of other fans that really hate this movie uh, just for a lot of different reasons. So, yeah, I'm definitely like down the middle because it's it's kind of like, you know, it's the third movie in this franchise, basically. I mean, yeah. it literally is, but it's also like the second Godzilla movie, but Kong's in between. So it's like a weird synthesis <laughs> of the very serious 2014 Godzilla and the incredibly goofy, like, just weird... Kong Skull Island. Like, Kong Skull Island. And so they're doing both in the same movie, and it feels really inconsistent <laughs> in this movie. So it's like, I like the fights, and there's certain things I like about the movie overall, but then at the same time, there's just people, like, cracking jokes the whole time that aren't funny, and it's just like... <laughs> They're like, Ghidorah? Like, what? What'd you say? And then, like, Thomas Middle... Did you say gonorrhea? Yeah, I'm just like, are you kidding me? Like, it's... By the way, that joke was leveled at me in high school, and it didn't stick either. <laughs> um, why, Connery? That's... I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, because people are mean. They learned the term in sex ed class. Yeah. Hey, I've, I don't know if I've told this on the podcast. I think I have. Where I didn't have to take a sex ed class in uh, junior high because I was in band. Oh, uh, so you learned about is that how it works? That is, stuff in band. That wasn't I don't know me, why, so. but that is what I was told that I didn't have to take the class because I was in band. You won't have to worry about like sex because you're in band. I don't know what a wiener is. <laughs> it's like a bassoon. <laughs> <laughs> if you're lucky, it's like a bassoon. <laughs> <laughs> it could be like a little flute. <laughs> A recorder, a recorder, a fife. Where was I? <laughs> what were you talking I don't about? Know. Oh, this you, you were talking about the bad jokes. Yeah, bad jokes. Uh, gonorrhea. It's like not. It's not that funny of a joke. It's just like it just wheels. It just rails against itself constantly. And uh, I think the worst moment for me, I was just like, it's more so confusing than anything because I don't get the point. Like, I think Dr. Serizawa has a really great, like, death sequence and everything. But before that, he has a mm-hmm. whole speech. And then Kyle Chan was like, where'd you hear that? Like, where'd you hear that one or whatever? And then Ken Wanabi's like, I read it in a fortune cookie. Uh, a very long a fortune really cookie. Long. And I still can't tell if that joke is, like, just racist or if it's just really, like, a really bad, like, stupid joke. Like, I can't tell. I think it's both. I think it's both bad taste and racist. Because I'm like... Is he just saying fortune cookie because he's Asian or are they saying like, oh, Ken Watanabe can say this joke because he's not Chinese. So it's like as if anybody was saying this joke and it's not racist because he's not Chinese. You know, oh, I just, it just make, raises way too many questions for like a really. Or is he saying joke. like the really meta thing where it's not racist and it might be funny is that like the what he's saying is incredibly just corny and hokey. And you might find that in a fortune cookie. And so he's like, oh, it's a fortune cookie thing. Ha-ha. Right. Like, Ha-ha. I think that's what the intention was. And I'm probably mm-hmm. overanalyzing it. But I'm just like, you really just killed the whole mood. Yeah, because what he's it saying, admittedly, is a very kind of like poignant, very like deep kind of say. And then you just kind of like insert this awkward joke for laughs. And it's like, uh, didn't really <laughs> land there, buddy. It's like if Dr. Sarazawa delivered that speech and then Kyle Chandler was just like, there's silence. And then Kyle Chandler was just like, <laughs> and then Dr. Sarazawa just started farting and they're just like going up and down like Ren and Stimpy and just like <laughs> farting a bunch afterwards like I feel like that's basically that joke 
It just like cuts to outside like the monarch plane and you just still hear the farts like the slow zoom out. God. <laughs> Credits roll. It's just, it, it's so awkwardly placed. It's so awkwardly phrased. You're not entirely sure exactly what the intention is. I don't yeah, know the how. The delivery, I guess, is just poor also. So, I mean, yeah. You know. And it's like, even before that, like, it's like that whole, like, um, like Sarazawa has like that, that, a stopwatch that he said back in 2014, you know, that was like the watch his parents gave him, you know, from uh, when the bomb fell from on Hiroshima or Nagasaki, which I'm not sure exactly which of the two says he had mentioned specifically, but it's a very strong kind of like poignant kind of like artifact. And then he kind of just brings it out. And then Carlton is like, what time is it? Time for me to get a new watch. Oh, that was my son's favorite joke. It's like, uh, okay. Weird. He's like, my, this was my father's. He's dead because of the nuclear bomb. And we're supposed to be okay with it because Sarazawa allegedly made the joke to his kid? Uh, I, don't, I don't know, man. I feel like he doesn't joke that often. So, like, whenever it's like, he's a jokey, funny guy sometimes. I'm like, no, I don't think he is. <laughs> I don't think so. There's also, like, the uh, Bradley Whitford at some point. I know I'm just picking apart every single joke. Like, I don't think a single joke works in this movie, but... No, no, um, It really just throws everything off track every single time, I, at least for me. Maybe if it works mm. for you, let me know. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad. Yeah, I'm... Like, I'm not, I don't mean that facetiously. Like, I always want people to just enjoy movies, you know? This is our curse. And, and uh, Well, the thing is, like, as a whole, I, I do enjoy this movie. Um, but again, it's like one of those things where it's like, the giant monster fights make up for a large part of that. And honestly, that's kind of like the biggest healer for me and the reason why. But it also comes from yeah. like a place where it's like, these were the monsters that I kind of grew up with, like yeah. really grew up with. And seeing them in kind of like this new kind of like reimagining and stuff like that, like the monsters look beautiful. Mm -hmm. Designs for all of them were just fantastic. Um, I got the uh, steelbook of the movie. And one of my favorite things about it was going back and just watching kind of like the making of like the monsters and stuff like that and the oh, that's cool. process that went into that like um just the different animal chatters and like uh the roars they picked up for like uh rodan and for mothra kind of like um where they came up with the design ideas for all of them like you know that again these monsters were kind of like a very strong part of my childhood and it's for a lot of that reason why this film kind of like does still kind of like stick with me but it's like it's weird because it's reconciling that with all the other stuff in this movie that just doesn't work and doesn't really fit very well and kind of you know you want to go into this movie like especially like a Godzilla movie to have a fun time and it's because of all those like flaws where it's like it stops it from being as fun as it could be I think yeah it's like I like agree. you said like oh the big monster fights make up for these things and it's like it's unfortunate that they have to make up for anything yeah, it's they like, should just enhance the movie. You could have just had like cut out scenes or like have them like just say normal lines instead of trying to make a joke every time, and it would like be at least bland instead of distracting. I all I know is my favorite monster in all of Godzilla with is a uh, King Ghidorah, and he's in this movie, and he is amazing and beautiful. Victor, as you were saying, <laughs> he is a masterpiece of a monster in this. Yes, <laughs> and he has a stupid head, and it's awesome. Kevin, Kevin, my favorite head. Oh. His name is Kevin? Yes. They actually 
name nicknamed the third head the goofy one of the three heads, Kevin. <laughs> That's good. I like when like is like looking away, then like the middle headlights like bite him, like, pay attention, like look what's going on. Come on. I'm just sniffing this nice little dead charred body that I just barbecued. Let me taste it. I want <laughs> He's to... like licking it. <laughs> He's like giving it a little lick. He's like, I remember the taste of this. Like, Dad, do you remember this? He's like, yeah, shut up. Let's go. Got some killing to do here. Focus. Yeah, focus. We're retaking the planet Earth. Yeah, I feel like uh, King of is like very classically inspired. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, out of all the all the Titans in this movie, I need to keep correcting myself. <laughs> Which I don't I don't dislike at all. Like, it's just a great design. It's always has been a great design. You know, mm-hmm. I like that they didn't give uh him arms or anything like it's just no yeah it just looks perfect. very classic <laughs> These... i love his like intimidation pose like he like f- unfolds his wings out all the way and he just yeah. looks massive and terrifying and when he lifts uh he lifts godzilla all the way up and godzilla's <laughs> mass is so big that just catches fire like that part's really cool he does like the seismic toss yeah. it's so good <laughs> and it's really cool because it's like you know you go back to 2014 one of the, my favorite parts from 2014 was like uh the first reveal of godzilla in the movie where like you know everyone's in hawaii like in the airport and they're freaking out and screaming because Samudo's like you know destroying shit and everyone's screaming and then the moment godzilla sets his foot down complete silence because holy shit you're just trying to comprehend the sheer magnitude of whatever the hell it is that you're looking at like mm-hmm. credit to gareth edwards he did a good job building up godzilla in such a way that like when yeah. he does show up it does kind of feel like a reward like mm-hmm. again i wish i had just seen more of it because i like seeing like giant monsters beat the shit out of each other but <laughs> gareth did a good job you know kind of like uh making the reveals when godzilla shows up you know like worth it like, oh, God, I, I remember the chills I got when, like, you first see the atomic breath that he does in, like, uh, in 2014. Like, you hear the and then all of a sudden just you see it and it's like, ah! like, I remember everyone in the movie theater, like, it didn't matter how attached they were, like, prior to that moment. But the moment that happened, everyone was like, holy shit, yeah. <laughs> it's happening. Oh, my God. Yeah, I wasn't sure if Godzilla would have it or not, like, in this series. And if anything else, it kind of makes me sad that, like, when you see him use his atomic breath, like, you know, in this one, you don't get the same, that same feeling, you know, that you did with, like, 2014. So it's like, it doesn't, Gareth did a good job, at least in that front, like, kind of, like, making, like, those moments where Godzilla does show up kind of, like, just feel like that big, you know, leap in that big celebration. If anything else, I think the monster yeah. that kind of like incorporates that the most, that feeling of awe and wonder when you see them is a uh, Mothra. Oh yeah, Mothra has a little has a very pretty reveal. Yeah, where you're like, oh yeah, like the very first time you see like her in like that larval state, like it's like your very first kind of like intro to like a larger kind of like monster world, and then you know, hearing Mothra's theme when you see her kind of like come out of like the the waterfall the first time, like it's it's nice and pretty, and it's like. It gives you that sense of awe and wonder that you kind of miss, I think, for the most part in a lot of, like, the rest of the movie when you see the other monsters, so. Yeah, that's that's definitely true, especially for Mothra. I just I just remember seeing the trailer for this movie and, like, all the Mothra sequences and that. I'm like, wow, this, like, looks incredible. Like, this might be, like, the best Godzilla movie, like, of this series yet. And then the reveal of Mothra in that is, like, pretty cool. But then I feel like they just kind of, like go on to the rest of the business of the movie and then they, when it comes back to Mothra at the end it's like Mothra's gonna go attack 
Like I don't think Mothra even lands a blow on Ghidorah. I guess I guess she no. shoots web. Mothra fights Rodan. Silk on her and yeah, Rodan's kind of like mind controlled, I guess, you know. Mm-hmm. He's like, just like subservient to the new alpha, which is Ghidorah. Yeah. So I was like, oh, that's like a little bit of a bummer. I would like to see all three of them fight King Ghidorah, yeah. but mm-hmm. Um, pretty rad. And Rodan is so cool. I like. Yeah. I at first when I I had a memory of him just being on fire because he's out of the volcano, right. but he is just constantly on fire, which is the coolest thing. The barrel roll with the planes. Ah, oh, that was <laughs> such a good. So just, good. Yeah. There's even a like a. <laughs> they do that a lot in 2014 too, but like uh like when the tsunami hits Hawaii and people are just like in the water, like freaking flying away, like Rodan flies out of the mountain and is like on top of the city and just like the wings she like right and just flaps his wings and then like people just fly away on the ground I'm like jesus it's really brutal yeah. but like that was the one where i was like this is like the power of these yeah. things like i understand mothra is like that's beautiful but like this is like the sheer terror of like it's just gliding like close to land and just whipping everything up and just causing destruction, not even lifting a muscle to do. I think if anything else, it's also one of those like points in the movie where like it actually respects kind of like the physics of the the monster because it's like, yeah, right. The sheer mass and just volume of these things, you would expect more of like a, you know, just like an inability, like when they finally get to Boston and you see, Godzilla and King Ghidorah like fighting each other. But meanwhile, you have all these people running around at their feet. It's like, you would not be able to run around with that. Like every time they take a step, you'd be flying around places. Like, come on, people! Yeah. It'd just be like like when him and Ghidorah like slam it together, and you see that you see the sound wave happen when they collide. But I guess O'Shea Jackson Jr. is just too cool for school, and she he's able to withstand just those shock waves, like just you know being <laughs> a bam. He has Ice Cube Jr. Ice Cube Jr. I guess they can't have, like, the whole Earth falling apart underneath them, and then Godzilla goes, like, plus ultra and wipes out all of Chicago. Basically. <laughs> Is it Chicago he blows up? Yeah, there's so many cities in this. I lost Boston. Track. It was DC, Boston. Boston. Yeah. Oh, Boston. Sorry. Yeah. I like that the first fight was in Antarctica, and speaking of, like, reveals, mm-hmm. like, it's not nearly as dramatic of a reveal as in the 2014 one, but I, I do really like, like, the underwater base mm-hmm. in Antarctica, mm-hmm. and, like, Godzilla's just probing around, and you just see him, like, fluctuating. Yeah, like that's yeah. just so creepy to like have him slowly go up to, you and it's completely dark, and then like the light goes on. Like that's a really great visual, yeah. and then you just it's just like, oh, we're dead. And then <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, well, there's like the OG like uh, Godzilla theme. Like once he like comes up, like I mean that that was another good treat that I appreciated was just like incorporating like all of like the classic Godzilla theme as much as it did the Mothra theme, and then the new theme they came up with for Rodan was just ah, uh, it's probably my favorite one from like the actual like soundtrack. Uh, just. It's just very dramatic and very cool. Like just once he pops out of the volcano and you hear like the dun, 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 dun. yeah, yeah. Rodan's definitely like the most like revamped because before this he's mostly just kind of like <laughs> a dorky pterodactyl. That's yeah, always it's always bird. fun and like goes supersonic and stuff. Like especially in the Rodan movie from like the fifties, it's just like so fast that people can't track him <laughs> or just like even barely even see him. It's like the Flash of Godzilla car- creatures kind of. <laughs> I feel like I know the only reason I know even most of these monsters is from like the GameCube, like Godzilla Destroy All Monsters. Game. Yeah, that game's great. <laughs> it, it's awesome. Yeah. I I played it a shit ton when I when when that game came out, and I thought mm-hmm. it was just a ball and a half. But it's when I first learned about what who like Gigan was, and he's my second favorite monster. Gigan is fantastic. Till he comes, but yeah, I'm I'm excited for when they do Gigan, like the most like demented looking duck bird with like prey mantis claw hands and a buzz saw on his belly. He is an anatomic nightmare, but I love it. 
Oh, he's awesome. I saw like this like anime version where he's all like cybered out and he looks so rad. I was like, yes. Yeah, how come there hasn't been like a mecha guy again yet? I guess it already is kind of mecha. <laughs> yeah, he's he's already pretty hard yeah, as it is. Alien. He's a, he's like a space cyborg. Uh kind of like an oh, he's a cyborg. Yeah, he's a cyborg is what he is. Wasn't he from like a meteor or something? <laughs> uh s- forget. Space Hunter Nebula M is the planet he hails from. There you go. <laughs> yes. Oh, again, man, Connor, you should see. We're again, gonna, we're gonna, we'll I grew up 70s. with these movies, so it's like, yeah. I, yeah. Well, I think it's even like the late 60s Godzilla movies, Connor, with like all the, the yeah. space alien people, like their costumes and everything are so funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm excited. We'll, we'll, we'll do that on this show at yeah, some point. Yeah, at some point. We'll cover every Godzilla movie. Oh, God. Throughout like, the years. <laughs> I would not, not be able to set up. No, never all at once. We are going to do all the Marvel movies at the same time, though. Oh, boy. <laughs> all in one episode. We'll be talking about them. We'll just layer the tracks. <laughs> it's just, like, unknowable answers in there. <laughs> if you play it backwards, we just like, summon some dark entity. I feel like I haven't, like, said a single joke in, like, 40 minutes. We're just, I'm just like, yeah, Godzilla, he's cool. Well, he is cool in this. That's, like, kind of his job. And in the end, everyone's bowing down to him. He just stands there. And, like, when Rodan, like, tries to mouth off to him, he's like, what did you just say? <laughs> he goes like, yep, sorry, yep. Rodan very quickly That's tests good. the waters and then very quickly understands his place. He is a very practical yeah. monster yeah. in that respect. Yes, he goes like, he's like, oh, I am so sorry. You're right. You are the boss. <laughs> Who's your favorite of the, uh, like, the uh, main Toho, like, titans? Uh <laughs> I'm just going to call, I don't know, whatever. Yeah, who do you like the best out of the, the four? Godzilla, King Ghidorah, Rodan, and Mothra. Like, overall and, like, in this movie. Victor, how about you go first? You have, like, the biggest library, I feel like, to pull from. I, I mean, you guys already know who I'm going to say. Like, it doesn't, like, just... It's Godzilla, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> it's Godzilla. But, I mean, like, in terms of, like, looking at the movie, like, I love Godzilla, but I feel like my favorite of the four monsters... It, it is between Mothra and Rodan. Like, just, they got such an awesome revamp and redesign. And I just love kind of, like, the way that they decide to just, like, um do something different with the characters with this one. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. Tyler, who's your favorite? Well, to rank them, I like that they slimmed down Godzilla a little bit. Like, I know mm-hmm. I, I was talking about how I like how chonky he is in the first one. <laughs> because it's, like, he's basically, like, a mountain. They slimmed him down a little bit and gave him, like, the uh, traditional... Like dorsal fins or whatever you call them on the back, mm-hmm. um, they're more like gave the him a more ones. lizard muzzle. Yeah, and uh, slightly opposable thumbs, I think, <laughs> <laughs> um, and bigger claws on his feet. So that's cool. And then uh, second, I guess. Hmm. I, yeah, I guess. Man, it's tough because like Rodan gets the award for like most improved, <laughs> 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 but King Ghidorah's design is just so classic, and like they didn't do a lot mm. to it. He looks really good. But there's also not anything like that, like, blew my mind. I'm like, yeah, this is classic King Ghidorah. Like, he has some good moves and stuff. Um, I guess, like, the movement of him is really good stuff because, like, well, I mean, it's totally different. Like, back in the rubber suits and everything, like, King Ghidorah is always, like, the floppiest because it's all, like, wire work, you know, with the three heads. <laughs> yeah. And you just have little fan wings. I, I guess, yeah. Godzilla, Rodan, King Ghidorah, and then Mothra. Like, I like the improvements to Mothra, too, where, like, she has, like, straight up, like, claws kind of and a stinger stinger yeah i like all the designs there's nothing i I don't like i think the the new characters aren't as great but what you rank them real quick on the the main four 
my favorite is King Dodo- King Ghidorah, of course. He is one a dragon, and two he has amazing massive wings, which was my big nervous thing going into seeing the movie for the first time. I was like, I really hope they don't give him like the dorky fan wings. That's like the one thing <laughs> I didn't like about his design. And they get this, like I talked about it earlier in this episode, but like when he just unflorals these like massive wings, I was just like, yes, yes, yes. I'm a sucker for anything with giant wings. That will that stands for like my entire childhood to now. But yeah, so King Ghidorah number one, I'll say I like Godzilla number two, Rodan, and then uh, Mothra just because uh, I don't know. I, I just think she looks like a bug. I, I don't. I've never. I've never been that appealed by Mothra. I'm sorry. Then the other ones are kind of dorky looking. I like the weird looking mammoth one, probably the best of the bunch. <laughs> There's a you want. Know I take the back. There's a giant mountain mo- mountain one that wakes up, and I don't see him in the end, and it makes me very sad. Yeah, that one's name is that? like Methuselah. Like all the names are weird. Yeah, Methuselah is a great name. So I'll rank Methuselah maybe in front of even Mothra for me. He's a giant walking mountain. That's rad. That's fair. I, I, I thought it was Angiris or something like that. Yeah, when but, I first saw uh, it in the trailer, that's what I thought it was yeah. too. I was like, is this Angiris mm-hmm. or maybe Baragon or something? But yeah, it's a new oh, one. Oh, I knew who Baragon is. I pictured him coming from Australia when there was like a blip in Australia. I'm like, that's where that purple one with all with four legs and fins on his head lives. What if he is Australia? <laughs> that'd be pretty a whole continent stands up that'd be the that'd be the raddest shit in the world instead of fireballs he shoots blooming onions at people <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I almost made a Chili's joke but that's that's, that's Outback Steakhouse <laughs> let's just make let's make chain restaurant jokes <laughs> Rodan is sponsored by Chili's yeah there you absolutely. go absolutely <laughs> that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mothra is sponsored by, uh, I don't know. I don't think anybody wants an insect to sponsor their restaurant. No, because that's like a health hazard. Jolly Bee. <laughs> Jolly Bee. <laughs> that I mean, that if you're gonna rep like a really dope chain, like Jolly Bee is a pretty great chain. So yeah. I, I, I'd be for that. Godzilla's just like McDonald's. He's just like you know, like Burger like King. The he needs the crown. You know? I think Kong's Burger a, King, isn't he? Kong, know. Yeah, no, Kong yeah, Kong's Burger King. King. God's is, uh, Godzilla's Maccas. So. I'll give King Ghidorah um, Doghouse, so he just has a bunch of wieners that flop around like his head. <laughs> That's pretty specific. And or Taco Bell. The West Coast. Yeah, I think King Dora's Taco oh, Bell. There you go. That, that's good. I like that. That's better. <laughs> Why? Bell. I don't know. Maybe because we love him, but we hate him at the same time. Taco Bell. He'll give you <laughs> yeah. massive diarrhea Same. when you're done with him. <laughs> he does not belong in the environment of your stomach. He yeah. is an outside force. King Ghidorah's lightning shoots out of his mouth like Taco Bell shoots out of you. There you go. <laughs> Gross. Uh, I wish there was like Taco Bell advertising in this movie, like as if it was like a 90s Godzilla, like American Godzilla. There's a uh, there's a Dunkin' Donut sign that Godzilla knocks down. Is that when they're in Boston? When they're in yeah. Boston, yep. That's cool. <laughs> I still can't get over how Man of Steel like they fight in a Denny's and like a Sears and <laughs> IHOP. <laughs> and IHOP, right? It's not a Denny's; it's an IHOP. <laughs> I gotta revisit it because like I haven't I haven't seen Man of Steel in a long time. Just for so many reasons, I just I, I just after I saw it once, I was like oh, I don't know if I'm gonna have to revisit this again. But I kind of yeah. want to just mostly to see just how many advertisements they can go through when they're destroying an entire city. So I did. A, I feel like he fights in a Sears. Does he do that? Yeah, he does. <laughs> I did a. I did a an essay in our alternative media class in college about Man of Steel and how it's a military <laughs> propaganda film. 
<laughs> I can see it. I can see it. Because the uh, fighter jets in that movie were just, I don't think, I still think they're not, have been produced because they were too expensive. Like, there were fighter jets mm-hmm. that still weren't operational for the Air Force, and they cost a whole bunch of money, like trillions of dollars, and they're still, like, not in operation. So that's cool. Yeah. But, um, and I brought Connery's Superman shirt and wore a camo jacket on top of it. It was very theatrical. <laughs> that's good. That's the way to present, Our dude. teacher liked it a lot because he was a very theatrical, well, not theatrical. He was a, he was a dramatic man. I liked him a lot, though. <laughs> he was a dramatic man. A bit of the dramaturge in him. Are there, I don't really <laughs> like the Titans, like the other ones. And I, uh, according to the Mudo. director, it was because, like, the, the original point was, it's like, oh, it's like the tradition of toho movies where you introduce new monsters and stuff and then later in in the in the articles it's like the wikipedia article at least it's like oh it's also because they couldn't get the rights because of the movie's budget <laughs> i'm just like kind of surprised that like toho wouldn't just like give them more monsters to work with if they wanted to but yeah. I, and the fact that like a lot of those monsters are pretty uninspired looking yeah like, like you I can tell like they're like immediate ripoffs of a lot of the stuff that toho already came up with so mm. Yeah, like, Methuselah is probably the most interesting, like, the big mountain one. The spider um, one, that was definitely supposed to be Kamunga, but... Yeah, I thought it'd be Kamunga, which is just a big spider, but it's, like, Skilla or whatever, which is from the uh, the Odyssey. Like, it's straight, like, it's like, oh, it's inspired by Greek myth. I'm like, that's a... Just calm down, guys. Like, like they aren't even, like, down. as fun or cool as, like, the kaiju from Pacific Rim. Like, that's... Like, right. Those ones were, like, definitely, like, a lot more... They did. They did more with those ones and their designs, obviously. So, and it does this is like a, still is really. Ultraman huh? is Ultraman a Godzilla thing? Uh, made from the same uh special effects producer, Niji Superaya. Mm-hmm. You're probably thinking of Jet Jaguar. Jet Jaguar yeah, is the knockoff Ultraman that they try to incorporate into Godzilla. Yeah, <laughs> I still love Jet Jaguar. I know of Ultraman and Jet Jaguar. Yes. <laughs> I think. Yeah, I want Jet Jaguar. He's going to be in the, uh, the new Godzilla anime. He's in the Godzilla anime? No, they're, they're making a new Godzilla uh, anime series, and uh, he's going to be in it, Jet Jaguar. Oh, sick. Cool. Again, too. That'll be fun. And I guess there's a Pacific Ooh. Rim anime on Netflix. Yeah. This totally went under the wire for me. Like, I think it's out now. Yeah. They have that art that I really can't stand and that some new anime do, where it's like that 3D kind of art, and I, I don't yeah. like it. I like I like the Godzilla anime movies a lot. We'll have to I yet, cover those. I get to watch those, but I also yeah, I'm excited for that. Basically, love anything Godzilla, even if it kind of sucks. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like even probably the worst one for me. Which what's that one called? It's the one with the little kid. Who's oh like yeah. imagining Godzilla as his friend, and he like lives in the slums, and it's really depressing, and he gets like mugged <laughs> and stuff. He's like, Godzilla's my friend, though. It's terrible too, because like Godzilla at the end of it, like the whole. Appear? main arc of it is like he gets picked on by like these kids or whoever that keep messing with him and then he ends up beating up one of them and they become friends at the end and then they bully this uh poor dude that's just trying to put a paint on a billboard uh, they perpetuate the cycle just violence begets violence you know what's that one called you know victor i, I get it mixed up with son of godzilla which i think is just uh, the one with manila godzilla's on revenge is the uh the english title for it they're both pretty uh well we'll cover those at some point connery <laughs> <laughs> but I, cool. I grew up with watching like a lot of the 90s ones with my cousins like on VHS so I feel like those ones aren't as like team up e. they're more like Godzilla's just super powerful and there's like a lot of new monsters like I really remember Godzilla vs. Space Godzilla was like a big one yeah Space Godzilla is definitely one of my favorite kaiju from the uh, 
from those like uh, 90s Godzilla movies. A lot of people like rag on just how terrible the movie is, but it's like, look, it's a really cool heavy metal looking Godzilla fighting, <laughs> uh, fighting Godzilla like this really awesome looking set, uh, miniature set. OK, like I can't complain. <laughs> it's that's one I haven't seen in a very long time. I do watch Godzilla versus Biolante every once in a while because I think it's very weird, but I like the creature design a lot. But just the yeah. story, talk about like a human story that's just like really strange and doesn't really go anywhere <laughs> in a movie. Like that one's very strange. It's definitely one of the better uh, human stories that they uh, came up with um, in terms of, like the other Godzilla movies. Like again, the human plots in the Godzilla movies, if they do make sense or coherent, they're still very zany and out there. I think probably the one with probably my favorite story or the like most cohesive one was um, Invasion of Astro Monster. That one has King Ghidorah in it. Uh, these astronauts Ooh. go to space to give like these aliens that, on this planet, you know, access to Godzilla and Rodan so they can fight King Ghidra. Turns out it's a plot where basically they just control Ghidra and he attacks all of Earth for them. And then they have to get Godzilla and Rodan again. It's but it's uh, it's fun. And like um, the humans in that story, like. There's a coherent plot to it, and uh, the interactions between the actors are actually really cool. Is that the one where they fight on the moon, or is that the one after That's the one where they fight, they fight on, on the moon, moon. yeah. Okay, yeah. Because there's also, like, God, right. God, like King Ghidorah attacks or something like that. Or, no, all monsters attack? All yeah. attack? <laughs> all monsters, all out attack. Oh, destroy all monsters, monsters, but then yeah. there's all monsters attack, I think, you know? <laughs> I like that. I have a really dorky dvd cover in my head with that with like every monster like coming down on godzilla who's just like standing there center frame is back to us being like ah i think that's actually what the poster for that movie is so you're probably oh, not far off oh i'm thinking all monsters attack is the one with oh no yeah Nella. no all monsters attack is the other one with the kid uh that was the other name it went by destroy all monsters right. is the one with the all of the monsters toho thought it was going to be the last one they were going to do and then it turns out that wasn't it so <laughs> yeah, it gets really convoluted, but that's just the American ones. Like, at least the Japanese one is just called Gujira, Minira, Gabara, because those are the, or Gabara, those are like the three monsters. And Gabara is just mm -hmm. like this cat monster that makes like a really weird <laughs> sound, just like, Wah! and it's like an like imaginary Mario. creature that Manila fights off. <laughs> it's imaginary. I mean, the whole thing's like a mat, because the kid's imagining it, because he has a terrible life. <laughs> yeah, he's just imagining oh, his yeah. adventures on Monster Island with uh, Manila. Godzilla's kid and, you know, just standing up to this bully monster. Jeez, that is upsetting. Yeah, it's... It's pretty painful. It's pretty cringe. Grim. Even for Godzilla standards, it's pretty cringe. <laughs> but speaking of uh, Monster Zero, they say that a lot in this movie. They do. They so, do. They say Monster that's Zero. That's an Easter egg is, I like. Is that a reference to something? Because I'm, I'm completely blind. You guys are the masters here. Yeah, that was like the original name for King Ghidorah or... Ghidra and everything before they like yeah. figured out who it was right mm -hmm. Victor that's like yeah an invasion of Astro Monster like um the aliens introduce the astronauts to this monster that's terrorizing them they call Monster Zero and it turns out oh hey that's King Ghidra it's like yes on your <laughs> planet you give them names everything is numbered here this monster is zero <laughs> it's it's I, I love the English dub so much everything about it is just awkward and weird but I love it yeah, I, I more often than not, I've just watched Godzilla movies with English dubs because like it's 
they're e- very easy to watch while I'm doing something else. Mm-hmm. I've only seen the Japanese version of the original film, but I try to watch when I can, like them in Japanese, because usually they just like the performances are better because the dubs are always just so strange. They're and, so like, weird not good, and usually. campy, yeah. yeah. But sometimes it's fun. Yeah. Those are the ones that I got introduced to when I was a kid. Like, um, the first Godzilla films I watched were like the older show era films. So, Ghidra the Three-Headed Monster, Godzilla vs. Gigan, Mechagodzilla, um, Son of Godzilla. Like, I watched those on VHS and those are kind of like, the, the dubs were the ones I kind of like, got introduced to. And then from there, everything just kind of like snowballed. So, Victor, do you think we're going to see Mechagodzilla in Kong vs. Godzilla? We are definitely going to. Uh, I, I have absolutely no question about that. Like, um, there have already been kind of like a fan, like other like diehard Godzilla fans have already broken down the trailer enough to mm-hmm. a point where like there's totally going to be some sort of like a Mecha Godzilla or Mecha creature that they create. So I, I would Ooh. not be surprised at all. Like to see. Do you think that the Godzilla Kong is fighting is like a skinned a skinned version of Mecha Godzilla? So like when he hits him with that hammer, it's going to reveal like a mechanical monstrosity underneath. I have a feeling that's what it's going to be, although I don't want it to. I'm also very content with the idea of Godzilla actually just being a straight up bad guy. Ooh, interesting. Well, because yeah, that happens all the time. Yeah, the thing is, is like even like um the films that uh Tyler's talking about, like the '90s films, like Godzilla is usually the antagonist uh to the human beings in that film, and he just so happens to fight all these other monsters that show up and end up being more of a threat to humanity. So it's just like circumstance that he's not like annihilating all humankind because something else exactly like uh, my (laughs) at this point my personification of godzilla is this he loves the planet and will fight tooth and nail for this planet that he lives on he could care less what happens Mm -hmm. to humanity because more often than not humanity is kind of the cause of everything that goes wrong in these movies anyway so Hmm. he's like a big cranky sleepy guy that's just like stop doing this stop it i hope it's not like a i just hope for kong for a Godzilla versus King Kong. It's not like a mind control situation because I think that's the, the the dumbest thing where I'd be the most probably pissed off about. And that's that also happens. another theory that's come up as yeah. well too. Like it's some form of like a maybe like a mind control why Godzilla's been attacking all these other people. Which mm-hmm. again, that's also not the first. That wouldn't be the first time that's happened in like the Godzilla movies. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. mind because you see that all the time, especially with the aliens. Like more often than not, Ghidorah is just controlled by some sort of aliens. Um, mm. and I think it just seems like the obvious answer to me, and I'm like, I don't want to see that. Give me something that's a little different. Because mind control is just like obvious. Yeah, the original Mecha Godzilla. <laughs> what did I just say? Mecha Godzilla. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not Mecha Gorgonzola. Mecha Gorgonzola. Um, <laughs> robot cheese. I think the first one is built by aliens, also. Jeez. So, uh, one thing I do like a lot about this movie, like, and it's kind of just a hindsight thing, is that. Yes, Ghidorah, uh, yeah, King Ghidorah is in it, frozen underneath like that. I like how they introduced him and that there's no mention mm-hmm. of like actual aliens in this or there's any aliens in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the aliens in the Godzilla movies are mostly just like they're either dressed as people, you know, it's like, oh, mm-hmm. well, I think I think it's Godzilla versus Gigan where they're like insect people, but they're, yeah. they're disguised. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty fun. But uh, overall, it's like they're just humans with funny suits, you know. So I'm glad mm-hmm. they didn't do it because it'd just be too much, I think, for this movie. Um, yeah. Maybe down the line. But I like how they still keep it terrestrial despite having King Ghidorah in it. Like, it's just like, yeah, he's just like a bigger virus, basically, than the Mutos. Yes. That's what Godzilla likes to do is take care of, like, things threatening the planet and, like, their viruses in one way or another. 
That's why he doesn't really have to beat up Rodan or the other monsters. Yeah, he just slaps them about. But yeah, that that <laughs> does get stuck in my crawl a little bit, how there's a Muto at the end, because it's just like, all right, like, he fought two of these and almost died in the first one, but now it's just like, yeah, there's a third one. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, the Muto's just kind of there. I, I, you'd think he'd be like, okay, I'm going to have to kill you after this. You understand that, right? You're an abomination. Yeah, like, there, there's too, too many of you, so... Maybe if it's just one of you, I won't have to worry about it. But now that there's too many of you, I'm just going to have to. Yep. The one thing I, I do credit like um, the MonsterVerse with is like they, they really tried their hardest kind of stick to this idea that Godzilla is kind of like a, a force of balance uh, in terms of like just like all these other monsters coming up and attacking them. And if like if anything else, I'm glad that there's at least one thing that they try to keep consistent and tangible, uh, at least so far as. Um, the monsters and other stuff like that are concerned. Yeah. I mean, see, seeing what happens like with that, uh, especially with uh, Godzilla versus Kong, because it's even in the trailer, they mentioned that, you know, like uh, Godzilla is attacking out of people, uh, other people. They need a new alpha to kind of keep him in check. Kong shows up. It's like, that's a tangible enough plot line to follow through. So that works. Yeah. Um, I've always been upset that like uh, with, especially like um, given the history of like where Godzilla came from, and just what he was meant to represent. But the film never took like a lot of like very heavy handed kind of like um, approaches talking about like major social environmental climate issues and all this other stuff. Like everything is kind of mentioned in passing in the show in the movies, but they don't really yeah. kind of, like, delve into it too terribly much. Just like the postscript really in this movie, like in the credits, it just shows like, oh, the everything is stabilizing. Like Godzilla is going through the Pacific Ocean and it's restoring the fish population there. And all the other monsters are just, like, traveling around, and the radiation is restoring, like, the rainforest and stuff. Yeah. Um, so it's like a healthy like, dose fun. of radiation, you know? Just a little. <laughs> everyone's getting, <laughs> a little sprinkling everyone's of getting the proper amount of x-rays. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like uh, Superman where he's accused of giving... No, wait, that's Dr. Manhattan who's accused of giving everybody cancer. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I like how it's not, like, so on the nose, but they still respect the like 2014 movies message enough where it's like they're still talking about like dr sarazawa still talking about how like there's just restore balance and like oh we're godzilla's pets in a way um mm -hmm. that they're important and he doesn't <laughs> want to kill them but at the same time there's other parts of humanity that are like just want to have them killed because they're destroying humankind but yeah i just feel like I it's kind of wishy-washy about what it's actually trying to say um but yeah, i came close to having my uh what's it called mankind supremacist group who wants to destroy all the kaiju with a uh, Tywin Lannister, but he's, he's an eco-terrorist who wants yeah. all the kaiju just to destroy the oh, world. Oh, I forget. Care. I forget he's, yeah, in Game of Thrones. I always forget that because I know him from, because yeah. I only seen the first season and I know him from Alien 3, Charles Dance. <laughs> and I like him a lot in Alien 3. But yeah, so I, we, we, I came close. I was like, I was like, okay, but it seems like he's going to stick around at least. So I was happy at the end of the movie where he has like a King Ghidorah head where he's like, all right, let's, uh, let's get to work. Going to make Mecha King Ghidorah. Woohoo. Oh yeah. I forgot. Yeah. I forgot it's that. also really sad that like of the, the human characters in that movie, he's the one that's at least kind of more consistent and self-aware of what he is. Cause mm -hmm. all yeah. the other characters, like they jump around and like, okay, you're a doctor of what, or you're a scientist of what, <laughs> who's in charge of this military faction. Charles Dance is the bad guy, or he is a bad guy. Yeah. He is an eco-terrorist, and he's consistently terrible, or, like, he has a consistent message that he carries through. Like, yeah, like, when all the kaiju show up and they're destroying the world, he's like, good, I'm happy. <laughs> Nature. Because, yeah, I mean, ultimately, it is what he wants. He's just, it's just that mm -hmm. Ghidorah is controlling everything. Yeah, and soon enough, he'll probably be the one controlling Ghidorah. 
Is he going to be in the third one? I don't think he's going to be in the third one. I if, unless they're going to fight Mecha King Ghidorah in this one. I'm trying to like which would be interesting. I feel like like the director Adam Adam Wingard talked about how he wanted like a clear winner of Godzilla versus Kong. So mm-hmm. just talking about that, it's just like, oh, maybe it is like simpler than we were thinking it is that there's not like a third yeah. outside force. Like even if there is Mecha Godzilla, like there's not like an overall baddie that they have to team up against. Although that'd be pretty rad for them like yeah. kind of playing off each other be really cool. <laughs> I feel like they also might just want to play this one safe because King of the Monsters didn't make like very much money at all. I guess so, yeah. Compared to what they had working with and getting into, yeah, like it wasn't a huge gigantic return. Which Yeah, like the budget was like around two hundred million, I think, and they made like three hundred twenty, three hundred thirty mm. million worldwide and like I was just looking at the box office for Batman v Superman and that movie made like eight hundred thirty million. And, like, for a movie to really be, like, seen as really successful nowadays, like, the past five, six years is, like, making over a billion dollars. That's, like, just being successful, you know? I guess people will pay so. a lot to watch someone drink grandma's iced tea. Peach tea. Peach tea. <laughs> granny's lukewarm. Probably overly peach Granny's tea. overly warm peach tea. tea. Well, I think even that's probably going to change a little bit more now, especially with, like, with COVID going on. Like, um, streaming yeah. has kind of been, like, the big indicator of, like, a success. So it's, like... I feel like if the box office was kind of like the initial way to like measure kind of like the success of a film, then with everything going on now, it's like it's going to be interesting to see like uh, just how they kind of take that into account in terms of talking about financial success for a film. Because realistically, we're probably going to be in this situation for quite a while. So that'll be like a new kind of like um, interesting new kind of like uh, thing to take a look at as far as like kind of just like success of a movie and and the long term, I guess. Yeah, I guess they're going to have like a staying power kind of meter almost with like it making residuals and stuff like that. Yeah, like I was I was almost concerned that there wouldn't be a sequel to this concerning like how it didn't make a whole lot. Um, mm. But I'm glad that we'll get at least one more. Yeah. See what happens after that. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there'll be. Exciting. I think they're already working on another Japanese one. I might be wrong. A, a sequel to Shin Godzilla? I Oh no, I'm getting it mixed up with Shin Ultraman, I think. Yeah, there's Shin a there's Ultraman? an Ultraman movie that's coming out uh, in a little while and that's going to be different. Like I was a huge fan of like uh the Shin uh Shin Godzilla, like uh Toho's like last Godzilla film. Honestly, it's probably my favorite Godzilla film like in more recent years just because it goes back to kind of like old school kind of like 1954 evil Godzilla being as like mankind's reckoning basically, you know? Mm. Yeah, I definitely need to go back because that's been mentioned, I think, every episode so far. Because I only saw it in theaters, like when it came to the US, like 2017 or something. And I, mm-hmm. I did like the concept of Godzilla a lot, like the themes and everything. And like, you, know, it's, you don't even know it's Godzilla in the beginning. It's just like, what is this gross fish thing? <laughs> and then it becomes, but it's just like, I felt like all the bureaucracy stuff is like, okay, I get it. Like, you don't need to keep going with this. And it ends up like feeling like a little fascistic to me. Like, the main character and everything by the end being like, Oh, we don't need any of this government and everything, but I need to rewatch it because I probably just had too strong of like a gut reaction, you know, I, but I liked the design of Godzilla and stuff a lot in it. I, I mean, with me, it's like, you know, weirdly enough for me, like politics and kind of just like, um, just satire and all the other like monster stuff, like they go hand in hand for me. So yeah, that whole first half hour where it's just like these different bureaucratic offices just trying to go from, or meeting a board meeting, figuring out what to attack on or what to kind of like um act on, and oh my god, who who am I answering to? Meanwhile, to like 
Tokyo's being just demolished. Like that was just yeah. beautiful, brilliant satire to me, and I loved it. But yeah, they need a strong hand. They need a Donald Trump to fight Godzilla. Oh God. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm weeping. Everyone, everyone always talks about these movies. Like we'll have the military destroy them. I'm like, you can't even take one down. What makes you think you can take down all of them? Ooh, I do like a lot that Godzilla, like all the all the jets fly with Godzilla to go fight King Ghidorah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a really rad visual. He's like running. He's like, I have jets now. It, 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 by comparison, I'm thinking about what was it, Spider Man two or three, where like Spider Man hops in front of like the American flag. Oh, that's the end of the first one. Yeah, it's it's a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's that app post nine eleven imagery. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Uh, is there anything else that you all want to mention about this movie before we wrap Yeah, it fine. Up? Let's do like are we, do you have a game Tyler? I'm curious cuz you mentioned on our Insta thing we were talking you have like a perfect game for us. Oh, frick, I totally forgot what it is. <laughs> I knew you would. <laughs> Let me go back in the notes. Uh but <laughs> all right. Uh I like that the Blue Easter Cult remix in the credits. That's always really cool. When they oh, just, yeah. Like, Search Tank like, yeah. like, this is fun. I'm like, yeah, thank you for having fun with this song. Yeah. That was great. I am looking up what this game was, and I can't remember. So you're just typing up game? No. Godzilla question mark in no, Google? No. Going back to our conversation. You guys keep talking for a minute. Uh, Victor, oh, okay. do you agree or disagree that King Kong should have a giant handgun in Godzilla vs. Kong? <laughs> Look, he already has like a gigantic Thor looking hammer. Like if I wouldn't be surprised if they gave him like a giant Godzilla hand cannon or something like too. It's like what the power of composable thumbs. With like giant nine millimeter bullets, but I guess yes. it's like nine hundred millimeter bullets. <laughs> there's a I think I mentioned at one point, but like there's a meme I saw of like Godzilla saying like, "Is that a monkey?" And then Rodan says, "He's got a gun." It's just Kong with like a big gun going. Ah! <laughs> no, what's gonna happen is, Mechagodzilla shows up. He has like a gigantic gun like on his shoulder mm-hmm. for whatever reason, and then Kong just oh, yeah. rips the gun out and just fires at Mechagodzilla and Godzilla with the gun, and that's how he wins. That's pretty rad, honestly. I'd be I'd be pretty okay with. I that. would. <laughs> I, I'm a huge Godzilla fan, and I want Godzilla to win this title fight. But if that's the way that Kong wins, I won't be mad because, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's, I feel like Mechagodzilla won't so much be like the – maybe that he won't be the thing they team up against, but he'll be like the embodiment of someone throwing a chair into the ring where <laughs> both monsters will use him to different ways to like <laughs> hit the other as hard as they can. <laughs> Is he with you? I thought he was with you. I thought he thought... Where did that come from? Come on, Tyler. Classic Batman versus Superman stuff here. Do you think yep. that Matthew Broderick will have a cameo? This is a question from Jacob Padilla. Do you think Matthew Broderick will have a cameo in Godzilla versus Kong? Oh, this is the game? There's no game. I can't I forgot. Okay, that's a bummer. Um... I will wager no, because I don't think they respect one of the Godzilla movies I like enough to do that. I think I would rather see Leon the Professional have a cameo in that than Ferris Bueller. Just saying. Yeah. Jean Reno, bring that crazy right. Frenchman back. Just let's see what he does when he goes up against Kong, Mecha, Godzilla, whoever the bad guy is going to be in this movie, apparently. <laughs> 
and then Gary Oldman just screams, everyone! <laughs> Tyler, do you think Matthew Broderick will be in it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think Jean Reno is the better choice. He's he's he would be a good filler for um Sarazawa for Ken Watanabe. Mm, that'd be like cool. I feel like they've definitely been in a movie together, right? Like maybe I'm just mixing him up with somebody else, but Jean Reno would be fun. Jean Reno would or he would be a good replacement for um for two and Lannister if he doesn't show up. Like I think he could probably be a maniacal eco terrorist too. He could probably oh, yeah. My final note is that this movie was shot by an agent of chaos, the DP of Joker. Ooh. So that's cool. <laughs> cool. But that's all I got. I can't believe I just don't have a game. Like, I, it was probably something along the lines of, like, oh, if you were a kaiju, what would your powers be? Ah. Uh, uh, well. well, let's see. What that, that is a good question. Let's see. What would I. What kind of kaiju would I want to be? Or Titan. <laughs> I feel like you have to be a Titan. Yeah, what Titan would you be? Because it's, like, basically a less inspired ka- version of a kaiju where it's just like, yeah, he's just a big woolly mammoth. <laughs> I would want to be a knockoff version of Gigan. Maybe like a rusty saw instead of like a cool like chest buzz saw. Uh, I have hammers <laughs> or meat cleavers instead of hooks for hands, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Instead of like a, a buzz saw, you just have like one of those old tiny uh, tree saws that are just really long <laughs> and you have to like move your whole body back and forth to cut into somebody. Yeah. I am a. I'm basically going to be a gigantic bear, but I have, like, catastrophically big bat wings. I dig it. I dig it. <laughs> I would be uh, a big... You want... Oh, oh can, can I can I add something? No. My, my fur is actually porcupine quills. There you go. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Nice upgrade. I would be a giant sentient broccoli. <laughs> That's good. Like that plant monster you like a lot. Yeah, that that would actually a... fill me with existential dread because broccoli was my favorite vegetable growing up as a kid. So you would become the thing that I love and then oh. come to hate. So yeah, he'll take everything from you. <laughs> Tyler, uh, why would you do this to me? First, you make me have to choose between which of my two favorite monsters I got to kill. And then you decide to become a gigantic sentient version of my third favorite vegetable in the world. Like, how could you? No, my third favorite vegetable has turned into a giant monster. God damn it. Asparagus. Russell Sprouts, come save me. To me, my children. Rally. <laughs> to me, my ex-vegetables. See, now I want to see a film about giant sentient ve- vegetables just feeding each other. and That's probably just like okay. a VeggieTales episode when they like do that whole yeah. thing. And then at the end, like the broccoli comes by and says, you see, none of this could possibly be real. They have no power underneath the incredible might of God himself. <laughs> so God damn. And then, and then the big pickle says, the bunny, the bunny, I only love the bunny. <laughs> And there's a wonderful parable about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Wow. Yeah. Do you guys like my Old Testament Bible references? Yeah, it's good. <laughs> I'm just I'm going back to church school as a kid, just suddenly revisiting that. I think that was the only just time I ever actually watched VeggieTales was in church school, so there's that. Yeah. I feel yeah. like we've covered everything we can with this movie, up and up to and including VeggieTales references. Yes. Victor, what do you have to plug? Um, hmm. Don't really have a pl- look. If you want to see or hear any kind of a rant, uh, just follow me on Instagram and Twitter. The Kaiju Sleeps. Uh, hey. I just share random stuff. Occasionally go on political rants uh, if that's your thing. 
Uh, and he's talking about the good politics, not the bad ones. Yes, yes. Victor is a far rightish extremist, and no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Already being painted in just the worst image possible. <laughs> he loves Cara Dune. He oh, God. <laughs> oh. He said she's right. I lost my appetite. Oh, my God, man. Tyler, why? Right, I'll send you I'll send you a head of broccoli as condolences. <laughs> just oh, like we'll a just putrid broccoli just mailed to me at my door as a way to <laughs> consult me. <laughs> Uh, so follow uh, Victor at the Kaiju Sleeps. For the, for the best kind of politics, the good politics, the ones you'll probably agree with, the right ones. Not the right yeah. ones, but the you right get it, ones. you get it. I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not a fascist, thank God. No, he's not a fascist, basically. I feel like we, we say <laughs> he's that. Not fascist, Wait, is comma, he? <laughs> <laughs> he's not a fascist, basically. He's not a fascist, basically. I mean, basically. Oh, God. <laughs> Uh, the right politics, as in he thinks Godzilla's gonna win. I think, I think Kong's gonna win with his big handgun and pinstripe suit. Opposable <laughs> thumbs are a very uh, strong thing to overcome, admittedly. So we'll see what happens, man. Yeah, I'm still on the fence. If they're painting Kong as the hero, then I feel like Kong will probably win. But if they have a, I don't know. I feel like Kong might whoop his ass and they have to team up to do something. I feel like Kong's going to really beat the shit out of Godzilla in this one, just based off the trailers. Yeah. Well, like I've said before, it's the friends you make along the way. That's all that matters. Connor, what do you have and to when plug? Gigan comes... If you enjoy the sound of my voice and you also enjoy tabletop role-playing games, you should check out Starship Impala. It's an actual play RPG hosted by myself and four other amazing friends, several of which have already been on this show. You can find us on the Apple Podcast Network or on SoundCloud. Tyler, what do you have to plug? Excellent. Uh, follow me at Tiami Vice on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, mostly my Instagram for photos that I take, the photo shoots that I've done. If you want to check that stuff out, and sometimes I'll, I don't know, share memes or something. Yeah. <laughs> follow us on Instagram on, at Franchise Pod, where I do share memes, lots of memes. You expect what? a lot of expect a lot of uh godzilla versus kong memes because there's been some real juicy ones that will Ooh. now be a month old <laughs> <laughs> but they're good so check us out on instagram at franchise pod on twitter on facebook you can find us email us at the franchise podcast at gmail.com email us who you think is gonna win we'll read it out tell Ooh. us your reason why let's see if someone does yeah, this don't tweet at us. Email us. Yeah, email, yeah. <laughs> mail us a head of broccoli with Sharpie on it that says Kong or Zilla. Zilla. Let us know. That's the only way to do it. We don't have a PO box. You figure it out. <laughs> uh, thanks for joining us once again, Victor. Thank you very much for having me. This was a lot of fun. Yay! And until next time, uh, I don't know. Someone use an oxygen destroyer on me, am I right? (laughs) Am I right? Am I right? Oh, wow. Good thing he's on our side. I'll give you some broccoli, Tyler, okay? You don't have to go that far. Just just be happy. Have fun. Eat broccoli. And on that note, we totally forgot to talk about how Godzilla goes mega nuclear spicy boy, and it's really cool. Uh, I said he goes plus ultra. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) Goodbye, everyone. Bye-bye. Goodbye. (laughs)